You're about to listen to a broadcast of the Greater Harvest Church in Ellenwood, Georgia. In this episode, Prophetess Renee Montgomery ministers the word called Living Above the Line. Stay tuned. about what God is about to do in this place. We're going to ask those that are in the building to continue to remain standing. Those of you who are watching us via online, we just want to go before the throne of grace in prayer on this morning. Hallelujah. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord God, for another opportunity to gather together as your believers, Lord God, in your house to hear a word from you, Lord God. For your word, it is spirit, and your word, it is life. It has the ability to go into the midst of a situation and change everything. Just one word from you, oh God, has the ability to change our very destination, our very existence, our very purpose, oh God. One word from you is powerful. It is quick. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. And as I stand before you, oh God, in your presence, oh God, before your people, I count it a privilege and an honor, Lord God, to carry forth what the saith the Lord. And I pray, oh God, as I stand before you, that everything within me would decrease, Lord God, and that your spirit man on the inside of me, oh God, would increase, Lord God. I pray, oh God, that you would speak to my heart and my mind as you use these lips of clay, Lord God. I come against the hand of the enemy that would try to block and stop the moving and the power of your word. Anointing, you destroy every yoke. Anointing, you move in this place and you super rule. I pray, oh God, that this word would get down into the soil of our heart, Lord God, that the enemy may not come and snatch this word away, but that this word would remain, that this word would be fruitful, Lord God, that lives would be transformed, Lord God, that our thinking would shift and go into new dimensions, Lord God. Holy Ghost, you are welcome in this place. Holy Ghost, you are welcome in this place. Go into the homes right now of everyone who is listening, move by your power, move by your spirit, move by your anointing. I pray for the weight of your glory, oh God, to fall in this place as your word begins to fall. As your word begins to fall, I pray that the weight of your glory would consume us, Lord God. Let it be a consuming fire today that our lives will never be the same. In Jesus' name, come on, somebody say amen. Amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I just believe that God has a word for us, and I'm excited this morning. I'm excited about this word. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask that you turn with me to a very familiar passage of Scripture. And if you would just bear with me this morning, we will be referencing a lot of scriptures. And I just ask that you write them down so that you can go back to them and refer to them. But for the sermon on this morning, we will be going to two passages of Scripture that we will be referencing. And then throughout the entirety of this message, I will be referring to different scriptures. Amen. The first scripture that will be coming from is found in the book of Mark, the fourth chapter, Mark 4. Mark 4, and we'll begin at the 35th verse. And I want you to write this down because we will be moving from Mark 4, and we'll be traveling to 2 Corinthians 4. And 18. So we'll begin at Mark 4 and we'll begin at the 35th verse and then we'll be moving to 2 Corinthians 4 and 18. If someone can type that in the chat, if you are watching with us online, we're going to begin at Mark 4 in the 35th verse. If you have it, come on and shout amen. Come on, type it in the comments for me. If you're watching, if you have it, type amen. If not, we're going to wait just a minute. It's so important for us to put our eyes on the word of the living God. And I want you to follow along with us. Amen. 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 Mark 4 and 35. 
And it says, And the same day, when the evening was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. This is Jesus. He was talking to his disciples, and the evening time had come. And earlier in this chapter, he was teaching them all about the kingdom of God. He was teaching them the secrets by parables. And he was explaining to his disciples the wonderful news of the kingdom of God. And verse 35 says, and the same day after he was teaching them and after he was with them and after he was performing miracles, it says that same day when the evening time was come, he said unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him, talking about Jesus, even as he was in the ship, and there were also with them other little ships. And verse 37 says, And there arose a great storm of wind. And there arose a great storm of wind. And the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. The water began to consume the ship and the ship was now full with the water that was affected by the winds and the waves. And verse 38 says, and he, talking about Jesus, was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and they say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Verse 39 says, and he arose and he rebuked the wind and he said unto the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and they said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now turn with me to 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. And we're going to highlight 2 Corinthians 4 and 18. Hallelujah. 4 and 18. And it says, While... We look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, are temporal. But the things which are not seen are eternal. And so I just want you to bear with me for a few moments because we are going to take our topic from this set of scripture in 2 Corinthians 4 and 18. And we're going to center in on this part where it says, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at those things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And so if I were to take a topic for today, the topic for today is living above the line. Living above the line. This is going to be the beginning of a continuation of what pastor has already been preaching and teaching us about the kingdom of God. It's a continuation from what evangelist Montgomery taught us about being born again. And the Spirit of God, he gave me this message over a month ago, and he said, when it's your turn to minister, I want you to minister specifically about living above the line. And y'all just journey with me. Is that all right? We're going to take a journey this morning. And I promise all of this is going to come together, hallelujah, just as the Spirit of the Lord desires it to. So those of you who are watching in internet land, I want you just to hold tight, amen? Hold tight because this is all about to come together. As we look at 2 Corinthians 4 and 18, there are two absolute truths that exist in this text, amen? 
Number one, number one, it says that there is a seen realm where things are temporary. There is a natural realm. And in this natural realm, things that happen, they are temporary. They are subject to change. Somebody say that is absolute truth number one. Absolute truth number two that is found in this text is that there is an unseen realm. There is an unseen realm where things are eternal. Amen. Where things are eternal. So it says that there are two different realms in operation at the same time. Amen. And so I like to call it. And what we're going to do today is we're going to put a line of demarcation between these two realms that exist simultaneously. Amen. So there is a realm that is the natural. It is inferior to the realm that is supernatural. So I have a little demonstration that I would like to do. If I can get um, two of my young people. Come on, Victoria, you mind helping me out this morning? Come on up, quick, 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 quick. And um, come on, little man, right here. Come on, help us out. Help me out really quick. And I want you to get the other end. Hold it tight. So we're going to pretend that this is a representative of the world. And so we have a line of demarcation. There's two realms operating simultaneously and above this line is the supernatural realm it is God's domain it is the kingdom of God it is the realm that God exists in amen it is that supernatural and below this line is the natural realm it is the realm that we are in it is the earth realm but the area or the line above here it represents everything that as a believer you have access to amen that as a believer you have access to everything that is above the line and while we are here in the earth realm we are supposed to allow the supernatural realm to have dominion to have authority it supersedes anything in the natural realm it's the supernatural realm realm that's up here above the line that has the ability to change. Come on, baby. We standing still. All right. Let's see. Hold it. We standing still. It has the ability to change what happens in the new parts in the, in the natural realm. Y'all, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Can you take that back to your seat for me? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So that just gives you a visual representation of the two kingdoms that are currently at operation in the earth realm. So God designed it to be that the supernatural or the spiritual realm, it is meant to control the natural realm. But it takes spiritual insight in order to do that. So this is very, very important because the natural realm, things in the natural realm that we can see, the natural realm cannot change the natural. It has no power. It has no dominion. It has no authority. In the natural realm, the only thing that the natural realm can do to those things that we see is that can only rearrange it. It can only rearrange it. It can only reinvent what has already been manifested in the natural realm. That's why I'm here to tell you that some of the problems and the social issues and the things that we are facing right now, politicians, they can't figure it out. They can legislate it. They can try to rearrange it. But it takes somebody that has supernatural insight and a connection to a domain that is above us and it takes that person operating in that supernatural insight and they now have the ability to go into a 
supernatural situation with the insight from the kingdom of Almighty God and affect change in a natural way because they now are operating above the line. They're operating above the line. They're operating in the kingdom of God. And so when evangelists preached the other day, if you are in the kingdom of God, the only way that you can enter into this area that is above the line is the Bible says that you must be born again. And pastor, he, he preached so eloquently on last week and he explained why we have to be born again. He took us back to the book of Genesis where God created Adam and God created Eve and God created man and he gave us dominion and he gave us authority and he gave us rulership and he told us to be fruitful and to multiply and to have dominion. And he said, these things that I am putting on the inside of you is a very replication of the kingdom of God but we know what happened in the garden of Eden we know what happened and they lost that authority they lost that dominion they lost that power and so we know how the story ends they lost it but Jesus before the foundation of the world the Bible says that he was slain to bring us back into that kingdom so that now as evangelist said we, all of those who accept Jesus Christ's sacrifice on the cross, you now have been born again. You have now been born from above. You have been born from above that line of demarcation. And while you are in the world that is below the line, you have now been born from above. And everything on the inside of you has now been regenerated. When they say regenerated, it means you've been regenerated. You now have new genes on the inside of you. And your very DNA comes from where? Above. It comes from where? Above. It comes from where? Above. You no longer are in this world by yourself, but you are in this world with a supernatural kingdom dwelling on the inside of you. And so Jesus says, I'm taking them back to Eden. I'm taking them back so they can live on top. What? What? Bill Winston understood it so they can live on what? Top of the on what top of the world you are above and not come on come on somebody we're going somewhere we're going somewhere so you can live on top of the because you have been born from above and not beneath and so when we begin to understand that as a kingdom believer you now have the DNA of God dwelling on the inside of you. Your old man has become new. And behold, all things have passed away. And now all things are new. Your spirit man is new. You've been born again from a substance that is from above. And pastor told us that this substance that was from above <laughs> before you were even formed in your mother's womb before you were a thought in your daddy's eye god had these amazing conversations with you in this area that is above and before you were brought into the earth realm which is below god knew you he had a purpose for you he had a destiny for you he had a plan for you and what the enemy wants more than anything is for you to never realize and so the Spirit of God sent me here to tell you today that he wants us to all live above the line. There's a place where we can ascend in God. Evangelist talked about the eagle. Why do you think the Bible gives us so many analogies? He gives us so many wonderful things to compare this living above the line to. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings. So what does an eagle do? He flies above. He soars because there's a domain that God wants you to reside in, to live in, to take up residence in. And that domain is here. It's above. It's above. It's above. It's above. Set your affection, what, on things uh, above. Think on these things. There's 
And that place I come to tell you is the kingdom. If you get to a point where you understand the kingdom and you live in this domain, you live up here. Living up here means I am living and walking according to the spirit and not according to the flesh. Our fleshly thoughts reside underneath the line, but the kingdom thoughts reside here, 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 above the line. When you understand how Jesus began to tell the disciples after they walked with him for three years of their life, and it was almost time for, the, for Jesus to go to the cross, and he began to tell them, I'm going away to another place. And if I do not go, if I do not go, if I do not go, you are not going to be able to live in this place above the line. He began to show them through everything that he did that this is what you now have access to while you are here in the earth because there's a double system that is going on while you are in the earth realm. You are in this world, but you are not of this world. There is a double kingdom. Satan has a kingdom and God has a kingdom. And he says, when I go away, that kingdom of God shall now be on the inside of you and you have to learn you have to learn how to live in that kingdom and so in the beginning I didn't forget about Mark the fourth chapter it gives us a brilliant picture of living below the line but there was somebody on the boat that lived above the line. So Mark 4 gives us an amazing picture of how Jesus, and if you read it from the beginning, Jesus was with his disciples and he was giving them parables and he was teaching them about this kingdom of God. He was telling them how the kingdom of God operates in the earth. He was telling them how to live in a kingdom mindset and in a kingdom thinking. He was telling them that once you are born again from above, you now are a part of a royal family. You are a royal priesthood. You are a peculiar person. You have access and right to this kingdom of God. I am the king of kings. You now become a king. Hallelujah. I am the Lord of lords. You now become a lord in this kingdom of God. And so now he was telling them all of this and he says to them, when the evening time had come, let us go and we're going to pass over to the other side. Mm. That in of itself, see somebody who is in a position and they're living above the line, they understand that number one, God is not a man that he should lie. He cannot lie. He cannot lie. He cannot repent. He does not have to repent. He cannot lie. So if God told them, let us go to the other side, the other side is where they were going. It says, and when they sent all the people away and they took Jesus and they put Jesus in the ship with them. And the scripture tells us in verse 36 that there were also other little ships around them. And so they begin to go to the other side. And verse 37 tells us as they were going to the other side, a great storm of wind and waves began to beat into the ship so now it was full and I can imagine all of the disciples they were excellent fishermen they were great at their craft and so when you continue to live and put your focus below the line what that means is you're constantly focused on what you see in the natural and so as fishermen, as this storm began to come, their natural thinking was equated to being on the river, the water, the ocean with storms like this. And so their natural thinking began to say, we are all going to die because we've seen storms like this. And there is no way that we can begin to 
recover. And see, that's what the enemy tries to do. The enemy tries to keep you at a level where you are living below the line. And so what he will do is he will cause you to stay focused on what you see in the natural. He will begin to connect you to things and experiences and things that you have gone through in the natural because remember I told you in this double kingdom system the things in the natural they're subject to change they're temporary but what he tries to do is to keep you so locked in so he can build fear so he can build doubt so he can have you terrorized and paralyzed. And so I can imagine the disciples were in the ship and as the ship began to get filled with water, they felt like they were going down. And I can see them on the boat beginning to get vessels and things that try to get all of the water out of the boat. And I can see them getting frustrated because they could see no other way that they were going to survive. And so out of their frustration, see fear, it starts with a thought in your mind. Then it becomes and it turns into frustration. After you try to do everything you can do to try to figure stuff out, now you got anxiety. Now you got variation now they were like wait a minute wait a minute i can't believe that jesus is on this boat and he have the nerve to be asleep and we are about to die living below the line is where complaining resides complaining is a result oftentimes of fear that has been planted it's often a result of doubt and worryation and now complaining is manifesting itself. Strife is manifesting itself. Now you're talking against this one and you're talking against that one. Envy begins to manifest itself. You begin to get so upset. All of these things reside in the below the line. All of these things reside in the natural realm. But thank God there was somebody on the boat that was from above and he had enough spiritual insight to discern that this storm was no natural storm. He had enough insight to realize that he had enough power because he was from above the line. He was from the kingdom of God. He didn't just set his focus on what he could see, but he knew that he had access and right, and he had the authority from the kingdom of God. And so they run to Jesus. What you mean you asleep? You asleep on this boat. And we are all about to die. And so what does the Bible say that Jesus did? It says he arose from up out of his sleep. He rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, he understood that in, in, in this kingdom of God, that there was power and authority because God had already given it to him. He said, have dominion, subdue the earth, be fruitful, multiply. In this kingdom, you have the ability to speak forth what you are hearing in this kingdom above. You have dominion over the wind. If you understand the double system, the double kingdom that is at operation, Satan is the prince of the power of the air. And in this kingdom, why do you think there are so many references in the Bible to you being above? The Bible says that you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Where? 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 In heavenly places. Although you are in the earth realm, you are seated in heavenly places. Where? Far. What? Far above the activity of principalities, powers, spiritual wickedness in high places. You are seated far above in Christ Jesus. And when you understand this, you have the ability. That's why you have the ability to speak to storms. Not only natural storms. See, we got to get it. We sometimes don't operate to the degree that we can because we have limits on God. But God says, as I was in the earth, so are you. I am your example. He was showing the disciples, this is how you live from a 
people. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I give you abundant life once you learn how to operate in this kingdom of God. And everything that I did here in the earth realm, you can do also. Why was this a spiritual storm? Woo! I told you right before he said, let us go to the other side. He was what? Teaching and preaching about the kingdom. He was giving them the revelation that they needed to live and defeat the enemy. And so, what's so significant about this scripture is, when he said, let us go over to the other side, the enemy often knows more than we do, which is a shame. Which is a shame. Because he knows you got more power than him. And when you come to a point where you realize who you really are in this kingdom, he is done. He realized that Jesus was saying, let us go to the other side and on the other side was the man with the what? Legion of demons. He knew that if Jesus got to the other side, his kingdom was in trouble. This man inhabited how many legions of demons on the inside of him? He had so many people scared and rattled, but he knew that Jesus was on his way to the other side. And so he said, I got to stop Jesus. I got to stop this boat of disciples before they can even get there. So I am going to take my domain. Y'all remember, he is the prince of the power of the air. So he uses natural circumstances to invoke fear, to invoke doubt, to keep you down here below the line because you can't do nothing down here. But Jesus overrode. He overrode the kingdom of darkness by speaking forth a word. He spoke forth the word with power. He spoke forth the word with authority. And everything that heard the word, the wind had to obey his voice. The waves had to cease. And I'm here to tell you that if you are born again from above, you have the same power. You have the same authority. You can speak to every storm. You can speak to every wave. And it has to obey through the name of Jesus has to obey has to obey has to obey so number one what stops us what stops us from living and keeping the kingdom of God our focus see Jesus that was his number one priority that was his focus that's what his affection was focused on. It was set on learning and operating. It wasn't learning because he was. But it was set on showing and demonstrating to everyone else around him how you live in this domain, how you live in this sphere. And so number one, number one, y'all writing number one, the number one strategy of the enemy to keep you stuck below the line is to invoke fear is to invoke fear in your life now let me break this down because fear begins with a natural thought dressed up like a fact so what he'll do is he'll plant a thought in your mind and he tries to dress it up like it's a fact and so what he did with the disciples on the boat, the storm began to come. The winds began to rage. The, the boat began to get filled with water. He knew they were fishermen. And so what he was trying to do was invoke a spirit of fear because they knew what it took to die and to drown at sea. And so in the natural realm, it is a fact that if the water and if the boat is filled with water, 
water you can drown. And so what he does is he plants this thought in your mind. When the doctors give you a report and they say it's cancer, he th- he, he, he infiltrates your mind and say, you can't live, hallelujah, with cancer. Cancer is terminal and you're going to die. And then he begins to show you everybody who has died with cancer. And then he injects that thought and he begins to play it over and over and over. And then you go to the doctor and things aren't looking better. Things begin to look worse. And so then the enemy has a foothold in there where fear can begin to reside. And as he is doing this, he is pulling you down and he is pulling you down and he is pulling you below the line and below the line and below the line and below the line until... When you continue to ingest a thought, what begins to happen is it can quickly grow into a way of thinking. So now instead of this just being a thought, it is how you think. You look at things through that lens instead of ah, above. So now you're so far down below the line Our minds are wired by our creator. Your mind is wired to move in the direction of your most dominant thought. So if this continues to consume your mind, your life begins to be a manifestation of that most dominant thought. That's why the Bible says, as a man thinketh, as a man thinketh, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So your life today is a sum total of the thoughts that you have thought and been thinking up until this time. And so what the enemy wants you to think is that you've gotten so far down below the line (laughs) that you can't recover. But let me continue with this. When you begin to allow that fear to become a way of thinking, what begins to develop is what is called a mental stronghold to where your thoughts and your thinking now have a stronghold and garrison over your actions. There have been strongholds that have been passed down from generation to generation to generation and then those strongholds that have been passed down over families from generation to generation to generation they now become generational curses and when you begin to look down the lineage of your family you can't understand why this particular thing keeps happening And see, this is the devil's playground. It's almost like a snake. Almost like a snake. Didn't the Bible compare him to a serpent? Y'all, this thing is so powerful. What does a snake do to his victim? He bites him. He bites him. A small incision. He bites him. Infects them with poison. The poison begins to to go throughout their entire body and it paralyzes them. It keeps them stuck so that he can now go in, hallelujah, and consume them. The enemy does with fear. He starts small and then he paralyzes you to where you can't even move and you can't understand why am I stuck here? Why can't I go forward? Why can't I move forward? But I'm here to tell you, that's why the Bible says, before I go there, I hear your Holy Ghost. Fear has the ability to get down in there, cause a mental hole. It has the ability to affect your emotions. Some people so afraid to get on a plane. Before they get ready to board the plane, you feel your heart begin to palpitate. You begin to sweat. It causes you to be locked up in just fear. It affects your emotional state. Some people are so afraid 
to get a phone call or an email. You have phobias attached to it. But in the kingdom of God, see, you've got to know the kingdom. You've got to know his principles. You've got to know how to live above the line. And one thing he said was, I have not given you a spirit of fear. It's a spirit. But what did he say he gave us? Power. What else did he give us? Love. And this is what I like. He gave us a what? A sound mind. You don't have to put up with the thoughts of the enemy. You've got to get to this place above the line where he says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Think on these things. Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are of a good report, think on these things in the kingdom. So number one, what was it? Fear. The enemy tries to keep you in fear and he tries to keep you below the line. Number two, number two, if you're writing, number two, a lack of knowledge. Your thing may not be fear. That was my thing. I got the t-shirt. I'm gonna give y'all an example and then I'm gonna move to the next one. Three years ago, the Lord told me to start transformed orders. Three years ago, I didn't know COVID was coming. I didn't know anything about social media, but he said social media would be your platform. And I said, God, I don't know nothing about none of that. He told me to start it. Within that, he told me to write a book. I wrote my first book. But when he told me, the thought that would come to my mind was, number one, I wasn't a great writer. Number two, I struggled with that in school. Number three, I struggled with grammar usage and how am I going to get this together and what do you mean? And so the enemy began to bombard my mind. He began to bombard my thinking. I can't even write if that is what I said. That was a natural fact. Hallelujah. That was something I could see. But when God tells you to do something, when God gives you an assignment, when God tells you to do something, he is with you. It began to be such a fear. I'm going to share me. I can't talk about y'all, but it was such a fear. I said, ain't nobody going to buy it. Ain't nobody going to support me. Ain't nobody going to listen to nothing I have to say. When I sat down to the computer, my heart began to pound because I was in such fear. But one day, hallelujah, God said, if I be for you, who can be against you? And I began to shift my thinking off of every lie that the enemy was telling me. And I began to shift my thinking over into what God told me. And when I began to pray and get into the presence of God, God began to say, I want you to say this daughter. And I want you to say that daughter. And he said, I want you to connect to this person because they are going to help you in this. I am here to tell you, do not let fear stop you from what God is showing you. And this may be for somebody out there. I feel it. God is leading you and he wants you to do something, but it resides above the line and you cannot allow fear to stop you. Glory be to God. Number two, a lack of knowledge. Oftentimes it may not be fear but you don't know a lack of knowledge. The Bible says that my people perish. You die, you're destroyed for a lack of knowledge. That's Hosea four and six. And in this kingdom, you can't operate above the line. If you don't have the correct knowledge. You don't have the knowledge of how the kingdom of God operates. You don't have the knowledge of who you are in the kingdom. Evangelists always say you got to know that you know that you know that you know. You have to know how this kingdom operates. You have to know who you are in this kingdom. You have to know the authority and the power that you have been given through the name and the blood of Jesus. You have to really, really know what the Holy Spirit is to you and what has been afforded to you. You have to really know that the Holy Spirit is not for you just to come in here and and I love it. I love it. I love to be
be slain in the spirit. That is only one side of the spirit. You have to know how the spirit is your guide. The spirit will begin to lead you and guide you in personal areas of your life. The spirit of the living God will show you things. It will download things to you. It will provoke you to get up and to go to action. It's not just about being laid out here in the floor, but it's about once you get up from off of the floor, that real change is being manifested in your life. And when you understand what the Holy Spirit is, you'll begin to walk that out. When you understand the Holy Spirit is a comforter, Woo! it's a judge. You don't have to fight your battle. It's an advocate. In your natural everyday life, the Holy Spirit wants to be all of these things to you. The Holy Spirit will bring things back to your remembrance. The Holy Spirit will illuminate things that God wants to do for you. The Holy Spirit will tell you, ah, you don't need to marry this one. The Holy Spirit will say, no, you need to get out of that relationship. The Holy Spirit is so much more than what sometimes we equate him to. Lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. And so what the enemy tries to do and I'm almost finished. He tries to keep you in a place where you're never getting the revelation of what the kingdom of God really is. He doesn't want you to have an understanding. He will try to distract you. He will try to block you. He will try to make you think you can't understand how this works. What he is most after is the revelatory knowledge of what the kingdom of God is. When revelation comes, the enemy is waiting to steal it. This is what he was telling them in Mark 4. When the word of God is going forth, when God is giving you a revelation, y'all, this is why don't be ignorant concerning Satan's devices because Jesus has already told us. He says, when the sower begins to sow the word, when the sower, when the word is going forth, and God is beginning to give you revelation because revelation is the vehicle by which your life will change. I said that you are the sum total of the thoughts that you are currently thinking right now. But when revelation comes, it illuminates a whole nother way of thinking to you to where you now have access to almighty God. So what the enemy does not want is for you to ever come into revelation knowledge of who he is and what his kingdom has afforded to you. So he'll stop you from coming to Bible study. He'll stop you from coming to prayer. He'll stop you from having a prayer uh, time of, you know, of your own. That's his goal. So he tells us in Mark 4, y'all write this down, Mark 4. You don't have to go there. 15, 15 through 19. These are the only ways that the enemy is going to come and steal your revelation. Y'all, this is how he does it. This is how he does it. Number one, when the word is sown, the spirit of God is high. The spirit of Lord, the spirit of the Lord's giving you a download, even in the midst of service. And then when you leave service, affliction comes. He will use your family. Something will happen with your children. He'll use your job. He'll use your co-workers. He'll use your husband. He'll use situations around you. Listen, the Bible says that we are going to be affliction, afflicted. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord. See, when you have a kingdom above the line focus, you know that the Lord shall deliver you out of them all. But what happens is when the affliction comes and the contradiction comes, we begin to lose faith in what God has already said. This is what happened to them on the boat. God told them, let us go to to the other side. Jesus said, we're going to the other side. But when the storm came, when the contradiction came, it caused them to lose their faith. It caused them to lose the revelation of who Jesus was. And so that's number one, what the enemy does. I'm here to tell you, do not lose your faith. Keep your eyes focused on what the kingdom of God is revealing to you. That's number one. Number two, persecution. When you are being persecuted, for the kingdom, for the kingdom's sake, we get upset. We think that this word is not working. We think that it's no good and we, we lose the word. It doesn't take root in our heart. Number three, the cares of this world. The cares of this world, we get so distracted 
but he told us to seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first this which is above. If you would just seek first, then all of these other things shall be added to you. All of these things that you worried about. How I'm going to provide for my family. How am I going to eat? How am I going to get this? How am I going to do that? He says it all resides here in the kingdom of God. And if you seek that first, all of the other things will be added unto you. But the enemy doesn't want you to have that revelation. The enemy wants you to be running around like a hamster on a hamster wheel, trying to chase this and trying to chase that. And you're so tired, you can't even spend time with God. And you're so distracted that you can't even spend time with God when the enemy knows that this is the key. He's given you the keys to the kingdom. And if you would only seek first, you will find it. If you're not, the door shall be open. He'll reveal to you which way you need to go. He'll show you what you need to do. He'll give you everything that you need, and he'll give you peace while you're going through it. Ah! Deceitfulness of riches. That's how you don't keep the revelation of what God has for you. This is what the enemy does. This is what he said in number five, the lust for other things. We are in a society and a culture right now where I've never seen so many people enticed by what they see on social media. And I'm here to tell you most people, they put their perfect picture, they put the best of the best on the highlight reel of social media. And so many people are lusting after these false identities and these things that they see. And what the enemy does is, if he can have you so lusting after something else and what you see and for other things and what you think somebody else has and trying to get to the next and trying to be the boss and trying to be the best without Jesus, he stole the revelation of the kingdom from you. And so you stay in a place of complacency and you're not moving forward and you're not advancing the kingdom. Don't let the enemy steal the word from you. Don't let the enemy steal the revelation of who the king of who God is through any one of these things. And I'm going to my last point and I'm going to sit down. The last way that the enemy keeps you below the line is a wrong belief system you have a wrong belief system remember I told you you've been regenerated your spirit man has been made new but you still bring the old thinking the old ways into the kingdom perfect example the Lord gave me was the Israelites once they left Egypt behind they didn't leave Egypt in their mind God brought them out. He gave them provision. He gave them manna every single day. He was showing them in this kingdom, I will be your daily bread. Ah! If we get it, if we get it, if we get it, he'll be our daily bread. He'll give us everything that we need. And the thing I love about the manna was, those that wanted more and could contain more, they got just what they needed. Those that wanted less and didn't need all of that, they got just what they needed. In the kingdom of God, that is how it is supposed to operate. He used supernatural things, a pillar of cloud by day, ah, fire by night. They walked around that wilderness with the same pair of shoes on and they didn't get any holes. You're talking about living above the line. We have access to the same thing. But even after all of that, they still would didn't believe. Joshua and Caleb went out to spy out the land of opportunity that God was giving them. What did they do? They turned on Joshua and Caleb and was like, we ain't going over there. You trying to set us up. A wrong belief system. In the kingdom, everything's possible. We say that, but do we believe it? When they brought Jesus, the lame man, 
Jesus didn't see the natural exterior. He looked up to the kingdom and said, what do you see? And he was healed. Ah! When they said to Jesus, we only have five loaves of bread and a few fishes. What we gonna do? In the kingdom, his mindset was, bring it on then. I'm going to give it to the kingdom and watch what the kingdom does. In the kingdom, there's limitless possibilities. The woman with the issue of blood came to Jesus and the disciples was like, who touched you? Who touched you? But in her mind, I'm connecting to a kingdom that when nothing else could heal me, when nothing else could help me, when I spent every bit I had, I tapped into a kingdom where there is limitless possibilities. And so the spirit sent me here to tell you, are you living below the line? He says, there's so many possibilities that I have that reside up here. They reside here. He says, and if you would abide, here in this secret place of the most high God when the enemy comes in like a flood I will what what does it say lift what lift I will lift oh my I will lift up a standard against him you are above you are not beneath you are the lender. You are not the borrower. You are already healed. You are more than a conqueror through Christ that loves you. You can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. There is no ceiling. To do exceedingly abundantly what above above all that you can ask or think. I hope the spirit is lighting a fire in you. Everybody stand, all of you who are watching online. I hope the spirit of God is lighting a fire on the inside of you. I hope it's a fire like Jeremiah said. It's like fire shed up in my bone. Are you living beneath your privileges today? There's an area above the line where innovation resides. This is how it's gonna apply to your life. Innovation resides. Woo! Supernatural. I heard Bill Winston say this and it blew my mind. They're supernatural because God is a creator. You believe in God for a new kidney, for a new liver. He says they're up there too. It's nothing too hard for God. It doesn't matter the diagnosis. It doesn't matter the situation. It don't matter how much money you have. Everything that you need is in the kingdom. It resides in this place that is above the line. God knows every step that you are going to take. And he says, I am here. I wish I could communicate this the way that I feel it. He says, there's so much greatness. <laughs> there's so much greatness. If you still have breath in your body, if you still are living from the youngest to the oldest, there is greatness on the inside of you because Almighty God is there. There is no weapon that the enemy is trying to throw up against your mind that can stop, that can block, that can hinder, that can detour the things that God has prepared for you. Get in the kingdom. Get in the kingdom. Get in the kingdom. Get in the kingdom. That's where your millionaire status is. He said, but if I give it to you below the line, you wouldn't even know what to do with it. That is where your books are. They are in the kingdom. That is where your next is. It is in the kingdom. Don't try to be the boss chick. Be the God chick. Be the kingdom chick that's where your next is that is where your next blessing resides that is where your connection resides it is above the line it is above the line it is above the line push yourself above the line get out of your natural thinking god says i want to blow your mind
You have just listened to another episode of the Greater Harvest Podcast. We hope that you have had an ear for what the Word has to say to you, and we pray that your life will be changed for the better as a result of that. Please join us here again very soon and follow us on Instagram and Facebook for even more from the harvest. See you soon. Be blessed.